Diverse City Podcast. Please stay tuned to hear a powerful word from Pastor Ray Sewell. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversecity.church. Or to text to give, text DIVERSE to 73256. Thank you for listening and enjoy the word. We've laid the foundation. We're ready for the word. Now I pray that the word will come alive in us today that will leave different than that which we came and we agree in Jesus name amen you may be seated glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning is anybody glad to be here with me we got a lot of people out sick today got lots of people texting and sending messages about being sick I think it's that time of the year with this funky transition, but you know what? I'll take it because that means spring is coming, baby. I say spring is coming. I'm, anybody ready for spring besides me? So I'm glad to be here today. Glad to see a lot of your faces here. Karen, welcome back. Praise Jesus. Almost didn't end as good as it has but God is faithful I want to just talk to you today about the favor of God I thought about a title and I said you know I'm gonna call it three coats three coats the favor of God you know favor before I even get into telling you about it let me just say that favor is something that we all want It's something that we're all hoping for. We serve a God who can do more in a moment with his favor than we can do in a lifetime on our own. Well, when you think about favor, what it's saying is it's not based off what you bring to the table. It's based off God's goodness. Favor gives people the opportunity to get jobs that are out of their league. Favor gives people the opportunity to meet people to help the vision that they would never meet if it wasn't for the Lord. Favor has the ability to go beyond what your own strengths are. Favor. Favor is something incredible on our lives that is anointed by God, is sovereign by God, and he allows us to have that we can obtain and achieve and become and get things that we would not have been able to do on our own. Favor is the thing that you need to go from where you are to where you're trying to get. Favor is the thing that you need to get that job that you've been waiting for but just can't seem to get a break on, favor. See, when God favors you, doors open and you don't know how. When God favors you, people begin to like you though they probably shouldn't. When God favors you, you hear people say things like, I don't know why, but I just feel like I need to help you. Let let me tell you about favor. Favor looks beyond the color of your skin, beyond the education you have on paper. Favor has nothing to do with the money you make, the resume you have, or the application you filled out. Favor is not based off your experiences. It's not based off the good and the bad and and how well you line up. Favor is solely the grace of God. I want to talk to you about favor today. See, because some of you all are looking for a breakthrough, but you're trying to do it on your own. And God wants me to tell you, the only way you're going to get where you're trying to get is if you start relying on the favor of God and the grace of God and the sovereignty of God rather than everything that you have. Because obviously, what you and I have isn't enough. We need the favor of God today. See, I'm believing in continued favor and and birthed favor on some of y'all's lives. I'm believing in greatness for me and greatness for every one of you. See, I'm expecting family members and my family to be changed because of the favor of God. 
I'm believing because of the favor of God, my children are going to be protected and not go down the same path that I did. Let me tell you about the favor of God. I believe the favor is going to give me opportunities that I never was able to get on my own. See, I believe the favor of God is going to put me in front of people that I could have never met or got in front of on my own. Some of you are believing for restoration, reconciliation of family members. Some of you are believing for promotions. And and I don't know what it is that you need from God, but can I tell you, those things that you want will not come any other way but by the favor of God. And I'm praying God's favor on each of you today. I want to talk to you about favor. And the first thing that I want you to know about favor, just to kind of lay a good groundwork as we begin to jump into this, is it's a very cliche statement, but it needs to be said on the front end. Favor isn't fair. Let me say that again. Some of y'all need to hear it. Favor isn't fair. Favor is not given to you because you deserve it. Favor is a gift. It's the grace of God. If you have earned your way to a position that wasn't favor, that's called work ethic. That's called experience. That's called a good resume. That's called education. But when you get to a place that you could not get on your own, that's called, that's not fair. Why are you my boss, but yet I have more education than you have? It's because it's favor. Favor isn't fair. Well, that's not fair that favor isn't fair. I think the world should be fair. You don't really want fair. Because if life was really fair, we'd all still be strung out. Some of us would still be on alcohol. Some would still be depressed. Some would still be overwhelmed with anxiety. Some of you would have been divorced. If you want to talk about life being fair, we'd all be in hell. None of us having the opportunity for heaven. I am very thankful that life isn't fair because if it was fair and I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be here today. I am thankful that God doesn't do things fairly all the time because if things were always done fairly, the judge would have already judged me and I wouldn't be able to stand up here this morning. I am thankful for a God that decided to not allow everything in life to be perfectly fair. When you talk about the favor of God, he decides to use who he wants and how he wants, and we can question it all we want, but it doesn't matter because he does what he wants to do. It's called the sovereignty of God. We don't know why he chose to elevate some of the disciples that he did. We don't understand why he chose to go the path with certain individuals the way he has It doesn't make sense to us why there's someone over here sitting with a bachelor's and master's and PhD, but yet he calls someone that barely finished high school. We don't know why God does the things he does, but let me tell you, I am grateful for the favor of God. And we have to begin to understand something. Favor isn't fair. You need to get that. Here's why. Because if you think favor is fair, you'll never think you'll be favored because you're waiting on proving yourself to get favor. Oh, I'm talking to somebody already. You can't work your way to favor. You you can't run and say, you know what, here's what I've always wanted to do, but before I can get there, I need to please God with a bachelor's degree. I need to please God with my resume. I I need to get some better references. I, I need to get some things going. No, 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 no. The favor of God has nothing to do with what you bring to the table. It's got all to do with him and who he is. Favor isn't fair. Ephesians 2, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not a work of yourself. It's a free gift of God. Lest anyone should boast. Let me read that to you again. For by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a free gift of God. It's a gift of God. It's not a, a work that you have done lest anyone should boast. Can I tell you that our relationship that we have with God is solely because of what God has done for us, not because of what we've done for him. 
There's nothing that we've done to make ourselves adequate for relationship with him or for the favor of God on us. If we think that we can win ourselves the favor, that just gives us bragging rights and all the glory goes to him and not to us. Matter of fact, for those who think they're worthy of the favor, God's not going to give you the favor because you don't understand what favor is. Favor is not like a corporate job where the best one wins. Oh boy, somebody, look, some of y'all need to get this in you because for years you've been looking with your eyes saying, why is God using them and using them and not me? I'm working hard. I've done this. I've done that. And we think as if we deserve favor, but little do we know, none of us deserve favor. The favor of God is a gift of God. It's the grace of God. And he decides to give as he wants to give. Now, this is where y'all say, amen. Amen. First point you need to get is favor isn't fair. It's not fair. Therefore, don't hate on people who's got it. It's not fair. Don't question why you do. It's not fair. Don't think that you can somehow achieve and become to get because it's not fair. Favor's not compensated because of what we have done. It's given because of what he did. By grace you've been saved through faith, not by works. As any man should boast. Second thing I want you to see about favor today is not only is favor not fair, this is is good. Favor? can change. This this is important because some of you have been favored but have found yourself not favored. And some of you have not been favored and you're believing God to be favored. Can I tell you that it doesn't matter where you have found yourself on the scale of favor that you can rebound to have favor. Because the way it works, as I mentioned moments ago, is it's just the sovereign hand of God. And, and, you know, we cannot win favor. We, as people, cannot win favor. But can I tell you what we can do? You can't win favor, but you can kill favor. God decides to raise up who he wants. You hear that? God decides to give jobs to people that are out of their league. Give them raises and salaries that they never in a thousand years thought they could have. Give them a marriage that's so healthy and they never seen before, but yet they've never had a modeled marriage, but yet their marriage is well modeled. Favor. That's what God does. But you got to remember, even though favor isn't fair and he gives it to whomever he wants, yes, you don't choose favor. Favor chooses you. But after you have been chosen to receive the favor of God, we've got an opportunity to cultivate that favor. Because if you don't take what's been given to you and properly cultivate that's what you've been given, you can push out or quench the favor. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 and 26, the Bible says that Samuel said to Saul, Saul was favored by God. Of all the people of Israel, the one who got selected was Saul. Saul was selected to be the king over all of Israel, the first king ever over this new nation with millions of people. And it was Saul who was chosen by the hand of God. It was done by casting lots, done by picking families. We may look at it and say that it was luck of the draw, but it wasn't. It was the sovereign hand of God that selected Saul to be favored, but Saul did not cultivate the favor. It says that Samuel said to Saul, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being the king over Israel. This is important. 
Because look what it says. It says that you were chosen by God, but then you rejected the word of God, and now the Lord, he did accept you. He did favor you. He did anoint you. Saul was used to prophesy. Saul was used to do great things in the nation of Israel. Don't think that Saul's 40-year tenure as king was like nothing good happening. Saul did a lot of good stuff. But along the journey, he did not continue to cultivate the favor of God, allow the arrogance of himself to rise up above understanding that favor's not fair. And he began to lean more in himself than he did on God and rather than continuing to cultivate he quenched and then Samuel shows up and says hey I want you to know that before you were favored but now God has rejected you you will no longer be favored by God And the nation was ripped out of his hands. Don't you think for a moment, because God favored you last year, that he will just keep on favoring you this year. God wants you to be favored from the moment you give your life to him until the day you die. But the ball is in our court. He decides to favor each of us and we don't do anything to deserve it. It's a grace of God. But we have an obligation as believers, as followers of God, to cultivate the favor. The Apostle Paul talked about quenching the Holy Spirit. Quenching, putting out the Holy Spirit. Don't you think that you can't put out the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, the favor? We can. We can either cultivate and grow or we can silence and quench. In Luke chapter 2 and 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Did you guys know that Jesus, when he was born, the favor he had at birth was different than the favor he had when he was five? And the favor he had at five was different than the favor he had at 12. And the favor he had at 30 was different than the favor he had at 33. Can I tell you that he grew in favor with God and men? See, a lot of us think that because favor is freely given and there's nothing that we can do to earn it, that there's nothing we need to do to keep it. And that's not true. There's nothing you can do to earn it, but there are things you can do to cultivate and keep it. Got quiet, man. Whenever it gets quiet, I say this all the time, you know the Lord's working. You know it. You want to know why? Because what happens is, is, is there's, a, there's a Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is illuminating us like a spotlight. Right inside of our hearts, hitting those crevices, those parts of our life that we know that have the ability of getting in the way of prohibiting or inhibiting the favor of God on our life. We as people need to know that where we've gotten to today was by the grace of God. We did not deserve it. But if we want to keep it and keep growing it, the ball is in our court. We can grow in favor with God and man through our obedience to God. The more God can trust us, The more he favors us, and the more he favors us, the more he will give us. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 25 and 15, through Jesus, he says, And the one he gave five talents, to one he gave two talents, and to another he gave one talent, to each he gave according to his own ability. So the initial favor or investment was given to us, but we didn't deserve it. But the ongoing investment in what God keeps doing in us depends on what we do, what what he gave us to to begin with. 
See, on this topic of the favor of God, I would like to reference the life of Joseph. In many ways, Joseph had very outstanding, astounding attributes. And and honestly, when I look at the life of, of, of Joseph, I feel like he parallels the Lord Jesus. It is very interesting to consider that Joseph had no fault or no sin that was ever mentioned in the scripture. I need y'all to get this. Joseph had no fault or no sin ever mentioned in the scripture. The only other Old Testament hero to receive such a favorable review in the word of God is the prophet Daniel. Joseph's life was one of exceptional character, courage, conviction, and long-term commitment. Nothing got in the way with him cultivating the favor of God. Whether betrayed by family, locked away in a dark dungeon, or ruling from an exalted throne, he never allowed anything To get him out of the way of God's favor. This noble man yielded himself to the mighty hand of God. Joseph knew the favor of God. In turn, God blessed him. I want us to see how Joseph had three coats. Three coats. These coats that Joseph wore was the favor symbolically on his life. The first coat that we see is the favor of his dad. If you look in Genesis chapter 37 verse 3, it says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a tunic, a a coat, And this was a coat of many colors. I don't know if you're getting what's happening here as Moses is writing the opening book of the Pentateuch. But what Moses is saying was that Israel had a son named Joseph. And Joseph was a little bit different than all the other children. He had favor on his life from his dad. And then it says, because of the favor on his life, he made him a coat. Not just a coat, but a coat of many colors. This coat is very important because his coat was a sign of his daddy's favor. So much so that any time his family saw him coming with his coat on, they immediately became angry because here comes the favored one. This coat was symbolic for daddy's favor, daddy's love. All of the colors on this jacket was symbolic for royalty, This jacket was symbolic for his leadership. Anytime he spoke, he was speaking as a direct line from his daddy. People knew that this was the son of Israel, one of the leaders of the tribes. This jacket spoke of him being the chosen one. I want you to see just for a moment that his dad said, Joseph, you're chosen. You are a leader, and I want people to see it. You've got royal blood in you, and I'm going to display it. And I favor you, and I don't want you to be ashamed of it. Put this jacket on and walk in me. See, favor is a wonderful thing. But favor is a wonderful thing. But you got to be careful because when you're favored, someone will hate you. When you are favored, you will see that people 
will begin to want you to die. They won't want you to live anymore. They won't want to kill your favor. They'll want to kill your success. They'll want to do all they can to get in the middle and break up what God's doing. When you're favored, don't think that people won't be jealous. When you're favored, don't think that people won't hate you. When you're favored, don't think that people won't wish that they were favored with your favor. When you are favored, don't be surprised when opposition comes. It always confuses me why we are shocked when opposition comes. If you're favored, opposition will come. You should expect it to come. Why? Because people are jealous. Therefore, opposition will come. And you see that in Joseph's life. If you look in in Genesis 37, in verse 19 and through 23, it says, look, this dreamer is coming. This is his family, his brothers. Look, the dreamer's coming. Why was he a dreamer? Because he knew he was called by God. He knew he was favored by God. He knew that he was loved. He knew he had a purpose. He knew he was significant. He wore around the favor on him. And then God began to impart vision and dream in him and dreams in him and said, hey, you're going to be great. You're going to be a leader. Gave him a dream that all of his family was going to come and that he was going to be the one that brings stability and healing to the family. And he began to share this dream thinking that maybe his dream would be safe with the people closest to him. But can I tell you, even the people you think are closest to you may hate your dream the most. And they said to him, look, here comes the dreamer. He says, you know what we need to do? We need to come up with a plan to kill him. Put him in a pit. We'll then say that some wild beast ate him. And then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped him of his tunic. They stripped him of his jacket, the jacket of many colors that was on him. They stripped it from him. They stripped off the favor of God, at least they thought. I want you to see for a moment when they said to him, look, a dreamer is coming, this is the exact mindset that some people will have if your dream is too big. If your dream is bigger than those people can contain, then they are going to potentially take the dream that you have and begin to draw conclusions about you. They may say, oh, he's arrogant. Oh, you think that you're that big. You think you're going to do that much. No, I, I mean, I'm just telling you what the Lord put in me. Oh, no, you think you're better than everybody else. No, I don't. I don't. That's what was happening with Joseph. Joseph just had a dream, and God began to minister to him. He, the Bible doesn't say that he was arrogant when he told his family. I've heard people preaching about he should have never said anything. He was arrogant. That's not true. The Bible says nothing about Joseph being arrogant. I mean, let's be honest. If, if Joseph should have been able to share his dream, it should have been with his siblings. But for some reason, even his siblings could not receive how big the dream was. When you begin to talk about how big the dream is that you have, you may have a few people that stand on the outside and say, Oh, look, here comes the dreamer. There will always be someone that is going to try to strip you from the favor that's on you. And I dare say that it could be people in the church. We have to be wise when God begins to speak to us. And when we reveal the dream that's very big, we need to expect people to reject and come against it. And if you're not ready for those closest to you to reject you, you're not ready to reveal the dream that's in you. 
Man, I wish I could say that again, but I can't. I hope you got it. If you didn't, you better go listen online because that was not in my notes. She said, you can say it again. I really can't. I don't know what I said, but it sounded good. I'm going to go. I'm, I'll probably listen to that later myself and write it down and use it at one of my leadership trainings or something. That was really good. I even got, I felt that in my son and I. I felt that deep, deep down, deep down. Um, the second thing is, guys, it's not only uh, are, are you having to realize that favor is not fair, and now we see with Joseph that he had favor from his dad, but, 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 but beyond the favor with his dad, what happened was they were mad, they didn't like what was happening, they didn't agree, why is he being favored, he's younger, this doesn't right, this doesn't make sense, they were kind of upset, and they ripped or stripped the jacket off of him. Somewhere along the line, they developed enough integrity to not kill him, but sell him as a slave. Boy, they did that wrong. See, people's going to try to kill you, but they better hope that you're dead. Because if you're only half dead with the favor of God, you're going to live again. See, Joseph was half dead, but he had the favor of God on his life. And even though they thought that they were going to sell him and send him off to Egypt to be a slave, he went to Egypt as a slave but with the favor of God. If you're a slave but you have favor, everything's going to change. So now he gets to Egypt and somehow he doesn't just become a slave, he becomes a slave to Potiphar. Potiphar is someone that is high up within the Egyptian army, military, and government. And now he's working for Potiphar. And this is what I want to call the favor of his dad transitioning to the favor from Potiphar. And at this point, we now make a connection. The connection that we're making is the favor that he had initially from his dad wasn't from his dad. It was from God. And God used his dad to display his favor. But the favor was bigger than his dad. You want to know why? Because when he got to Egypt, the favor was still there. If the favor would have been gone when he got into Egypt, he would have never been favored with Potiphar. But because he was favored with Potiphar, just like he was favored with his earthly dad, reveals to us that Joseph had favor that was greater than any human being. It was favor of God. There was something peculiar about Joseph's life. Anywhere he stepped his foot, people kind of like were drawn to him. He was someone that had the natural gift of leadership and people liked to be around him and hear what he had to say. And he was the guy, wherever he went, he was elevated. He was elevated at home. He was elevated in Egypt. He got wrongly thrown into prison and he was elevated there. He gets out of prison and gets into government and he's elevated there. It didn't matter where Joseph went, everywhere he went, he was favored. Why? Because it wasn't connected to a man. It was connected to God. We don't need to smooth people. All we need to do is get in the vein of God's grace. I know this, but do you? It doesn't matter where I go. God's going to use me. It doesn't matter where I plant my feet, where I buy a home. God's going to use me. Why is that, Ray? That's kind of arrogant. No, it's not arrogant. I've been serving Jesus since 2001. And for all of these years, I've watched him favor me every single place that I've went. Every one of them. I worked at the cable company, favored me. I worked in corporate, favored me. Worked at an electrical contracting company, favored me. I was a missionary, favored me. I was an executive executive pastor favored me. I was an outreach minister, favored me. Everywhere, Maryland, it could be Baltimore, the suburbs of Frederick, it could be in jail, it can be in St. Louis, I live in Tower Grove, I live in the Parsonage, I live in Lee May, 
It doesn't matter. The favor of God is always with me. I don't need people because God's favor's on my life. When you understand the favor of God, you walk with your head up high and your chest out and you say, it doesn't matter how bad it gets because God did it there. The favor was there. The favor was there. The favor was there. It's causing anxiety. I'm worried. I'm wondering and I don't know how it's going to work out. But I know if I just keep walking, the favor of God is going to walk with me because he's always with me. That's why David said, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life because wherever I go, goodness and mercy are right beside me. I don't need to run after favor because favor's running after me. I don't need to run after goodness because goodness is running after me. See, Joseph went somewhere different, but the favor was right on his back. I need some of y'all to get this. When you understand the favor of God, you walk into the room different. When you walk into a place knowing that God is with you and goodness and mercy is on you, you go in there knowing that you're favored by the Lord. You pick your eyes up and you use eye contact. Because even though they're a lot more educated than you and, and they got a whole lot more to you than off, to offer and you feel almost like a coward to pick your head up, you better pick it up high and walk in there as the anointed of the Most High and say, my name is, and I'm here to say hello to you because you've got the favor. You don't have the education, but the favor. You don't have the resources, but the favor. You don't know the people, but the favor is on your life. Joseph didn't know anybody. Oh, but you don't know. This is a white man's world and I'm black. That's a lie from the pits of hell. This is favor we're talking about. Joseph, think about this. Joseph was an Israeli who went to Egypt and was favored. It doesn't matter if you're in the city and from the burbs or you're from the burbs in the city. If you're in a man world and you're a woman or you're a man in a woman's, in a woman's workforce doesn't matter what color you are. When you walk into the room with the favor of God on your life, none of those things matter. If you're still judging situations by color, gender, socioeconomical level and status, you don't understand the grace of God, the favor of God. But when you properly understand the favor of God, you walk in, you're a woman, but you own the room like a man. You walk in like a, a black, and you walk in like you're, like, you're a, like you're the richest white man in the world. You may walk like, I'm just trying to make it practical here, guys. I want you to understand what I'm trying to convey to you. Whatever those concepts are in your head about you being little and those being big, you need to know I'm as big as that and even bigger, and I'm going to walk in the room. I'm going to put my head up high because I got the favor of God on my life and you walk in and you say hey I'm here for an interview they say how in the world you hear about it oh you know I've seen it online let me see your resume you don't have nothing to offer me but I like you you know what that is it's the favor of God <laughs> Robert what's your story when you came to this church you was working at Little Caesars From Little Caesars to the bank world to financial coach, now you got your own office at St. Louis Community Credit Union doing big, uh, the favor of God. Look, guys, I need you to get the favor of God. It's not fair. It'll follow you wherever you go. You don't just get it from one person. You get it from everybody because it's not about them. It's all about him. Well, I'm sweating up here. I must be preaching. Genesis chapter 31, excuse me, chapter 39, verse 4 and 5. It says, then Potiphar, dang, I just bought this jacket. I'm going to have to get it dry cleaned already. I'm sweating in it. You know, I, t I told myself, I said, Lord, I can't go preach on the favor of God and not have a jacket on. I preached on the three coats. I'm going to get a coat, baby. And I walked into Coles with the favor of God on my life. 
like this. I said, I'm going to the clearance section. <laughs> Y'all think I'm lying. I ain't lying. I went to the clearance section and got two of these for $32 each. Tell me that ain't the favor of God. $180. I got up to my receipt. It said, you saved $297. They only had two jackets there to fit me, and I liked both of them. I said, all right, Lord, I'll take them. I receive it. I receive it. That's why I don't buy jackets, because they're like 180 bucks plus. Unless you want, you know, something that ain't very nice. But I wanted to look good, so I was looking. I'm like, Lord, I can't find nothing here. The favor of the Lord is on my life. And there was two of them. Lorinda said, why did you go to the store yesterday? I said, I don't know. I said, but I'm glad I did because they had something waiting on me in the clearance rack, baby. That's the favor of God. You may not see it like that, but I do. Genesis 39 verse 4 says, then Potiphar made him an overseer of his entire house. This would be comparable to a senator. This would be comparable to someone with a lot of money. I don't know who this may be. And then this person with a lot of money who has millions of dollars, a multi-billion dollar business, lots of influence, and they put him in charge of everything in his house. He put him as the overseer of his house and all that he had put in his authority this doesn't mean that he was the housekeeper guys you need to understand that he was the business accountant he was the one that was hiring people to do various tasks throughout the house and the property and the palace. He was the one that had rights and access to every bank account. He had a credit card with his name on it. He had keys to every vehicle. He had more access than anybody. Matter of fact, he probably knew more about Potiphar's stuff than Potiphar knew himself. He put him over everything. And so it was from that time on that he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, the Lord blessed in that Egyptian's house. Why was he being blessed? Because Joseph was over it. And everything that Joseph touched was favored. This is what favor is. Favor is where it doesn't matter where you go it's going to be blessed. That, that's what I want to ask you today. Do you call, seem to cause more blessings or more messes? If you're causing more messes, then that's not favor. When we go into a place, we should make it better than it was when we got there. That's good stuff, Pastor. So good that it got quiet again. I think that when people's walking in the favor of God, they make things better than they were before they got there. I refuse to go somewhere and make it worse than it was before I arrived. Because there's no Lord in that. See, favor is a wonderful thing, as I mentioned to you a little bit ago, but the thing I want you to see about favor here is when you're favored, people will want you and want what you've got. Here you've got this woman, Potiphar's wife, who had everything she wanted. Who knows? I'm assuming Potiphar was a good-looking man. Maybe he wasn't. She had all the money, probably one of the biggest homes in all of Egypt, more power and influence than mostly anybody in the entire country, but what she had wasn't enough. She wanted the one thing and that was this person who was walking in the favor of God. When you are walking in the favor of God, there will be so many people attracted to that favor and want what you've got. We need to figure out a way to stop being flattered because flattery will become our downfall. When you properly understand the favor of God, you're prepared for the flatter from people because you know they want what you've got. And you can identify it. It's not that they're so much in love or want you as much as they probably want the favor that's in and on you. 
See, when Joseph went into the house in Genesis 39, 11, it says that he went in to do his work. And it says that there was no other men in the house with him. He was all alone. See, that song wasn't out yet. You were not alone. He was all alone in the house, and she caught him. She being Potiphar's wife, she's been trying to get with him because she was attracted to the favor on his life. She thought she was good looking, and, and there was just something about him, and he said, she said to him, Joseph, we can be an item, and no one will ever know. I'll be your side chick, and it'll never be revealed. And Joseph said, no. I was committed to God when I was with my dad. I've been committed to God here with Potiphar, and I'm going to continue to be committed to God. And she caught him by his garment. This is important. I need you to see this. That's why it's in, in yellow, saying, lie with me. But he said, the devil is a lie. And, and, he, and he ran out. And I can just imagine just kind of running out, you know, and she hold, held his jacket, and he just slipped out of it. And she ran, he ran away and left in her hands where the jacket was the jacket that he had been wearing. I need you to understand that the brothers, because of jealousy and hatred, stripped his jacket off of him. But then he left that town, went to another town, another country even, and the favor of God followed him. And now a second time, someone ripped off the favor from him. She attempted to ruin his life by taking his jacket and then saying to the husband, hey, Joseph slept with me or attempted to sleep with me. He tried to rape me. And we got into a fight and I was able to keep some evidence and because of that, he was put into prison as a sex offender. Now he's in prison. Not no month, couple months, years and years. He's in prison. And don't you know, while he was in prison, God still used him. It stinks that he was the top guy in his family. And then he became the top guy in Potiphar's house. But hey, at least he's still the top guy in prison. This is the second coat of favor that was ripped away from him. Now, 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 here's what I want to ask you. How many times have people ripped stuff away from you? How many jobs have people maybe stepped on your back to get? How many positions that did you think were rightfully yours only to be let down when someone else with maybe less tenure, less experience, or manipulation got what you thought was yours? How many times in our lives do we walk with our heads up high and we feel like it's different this time only to be let down because someone once again got what we thought was ours. He was let down by his family. Strike one. He was let down now by his boss that he'd given years to. Strike two. And I just imagine him being there in prison, thinking to himself, I'm going to continue to be faithful to God, but honestly, God, I don't understand it. Why do you keep allowing the things that I get and the favor that I have to be stripped from me? And at the moment of potentially asking God why his favor continued to be stripped, God says, People are stripping things from you, but the favor cannot be taken from you. People may take a job, they may manipulate, they may work the system, they may use you and use things against you, but that doesn't matter because through all of the manipulation and scheming, you and I must not forget that favor cannot be taken. 
People can be jealous. People can want what you have. You may have temporary setbacks. But with every setbacks, you jump back because the favor of God is with you. Favor can't be taken. And and I want to explain this to you because I need you to see how every time, every place that he went, every obstacle in his life, he always rebounded. I need you to know you're going to rebound. You're going to rebound. You're going to rebound. Your success isn't on a boss. Your success isn't on a woman. Your success isn't on a man. That job you're trying to open up, you don't need that investor. That thing you were trying to get going and you thought you needed them, you don't need that. You don't need it. All you need is the favor of God on your life. God is saying, why do you keep relying on Potter's first wife and your brothers to do something that I can do without anybody? We just need the favor of God on our life. Genesis chapter 41, it says in verse 41... I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand, and he put it on Joseph's hand. He clothed him in the garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Here's what I need you to see as we're about to close in just a moment. I need you to see a pattern of favor on Joseph's life. I need you to see that he's favored by his daddy, therefore he puts a jacket on him. And then his brothers, people who hated on him, stripped it off and tried to dismiss him. He then gets to Potiphar's house. He's favored again. And the scripture says now that Potiphar's wife stripped him of his jacket, second coat. He now gets put into prison, wrongfully convicted for rape. And as a rapist... As as someone that has been labeled as a sexual abuser, a predator, he's still able to be elevated in jail, and he's the chief in the jail, and then following that, he finally gets out, and when he gets out, he develops a relationship with the king of Egypt, He's putting all control of the entire nation of Egypt, the only one more powerful than him was, was, was Pharaoh himself. And the Bible says that Pharaoh now gave him his signet ring. This means that this ring is how he signs things, declares laws. All power is in this ring. And Joseph is given the ring to declare whatever he wanted in a nation that was not his own. And he was then clothed with garments of fine linen and a chain was put around his neck. This is the third coat. You know what I think of when I think of this? I think of how many of us had a coat of favor on, but somewhere along the journey, it was stripped off of us. I want to say to you, you need to keep on fighting to do what is right because God's favor is with you. And then you find yourself making strides and moving forward and you think it's different this time only to find yourself in this next relationship to be almost like the other relationship and it's stripped from you a second time. And now you're beginning to tell yourself, can I really trust people? You're beginning to doubt human beings. You're beginning to say things like, I'd rather be around a dog than a human anytime. I don't really deal well with people that, that much. You know, I, I don't really trust the human race. You know, humans are this and they're that because we've been stolen from. We've been abused and things have been taken from us. But in all of that, it's important that we re- remain committed to integrity. It's important. And and Joseph was like, you know what, it's happened to me twice. It's not fair. It's not right. It hurts. 
But if God favored me and I did nothing, and then I came here and God favored me and I did nothing, truly if I'm in jail, God may favor me again. And he did. And then he gets out and God favors him again. And I think the thing that I want to internalize is that regardless of what happens in my life and where I go and how hard it gets, that God's favor is always with me and I need to just rest in that. Because men can mess me up for a moment. A a woman or someone can lie to me in in, in a moment. But God's favor... It's for a lifetime. Maybe you lost that job because of somebody lying on you, but God's favor is still there. Maybe, maybe that marriage didn't work out the way you wanted and you thought it was supposed to work out and it didn't end the way that you were looking for, but guess what? It doesn't matter because God's favor is still there. I know that you had big aspirations and dreams for starting a business and working in the ministry and serving God's people and you want to do all these things and then people got in the way and hurt you and I'm sorry, but can I tell you that God's favor is still there. The enemy wants you to give up. Maybe you can relate to Joseph where he reaches all-time low. But Joseph said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to allow an all-time low to make me all-time low. Uh Uh-uh, no, no, no. I'm going to keep standing on what God has said, and I'm not going to give in. And Joseph, even though he walked with his head up high and he went into the prison low, at some point he had an encounter with God and said, Joseph, you need to get up. You might be in prison, but you need to get up. You may have been betrayed, but you need to get up. You may have been let down, but you need to get up. And I can just imagine Joseph standing up and his countenance changing, his shoulders getting broad, his chest poking out, not arrogance, but confidence. And he remembered the favor of God. He remembered the favor of God. And he was there locked up at the all-time lowest of his life. But he knew that the favor was with him. Some of you, baby, found yourself at an all-time low. And I need you to know it's time to rise up, put your shoulders out, your chest up, and say, God's favor is with me. Just because your favor don't mean life won't be hard. Just because your favor don't mean people won't hurt you or you go through situations that are very, very hard to deal with. But God's favor is with you. He's with you. So my challenge for us today is to begin to see that and say, hey, if he went step one, step two, step three, and and disappointment, disappointment, disappointment all along the journey, but yet at the end, he was clothed once again. And do you know that he died in the favor of God? Maybe right now you're without a coat, but just hold on because you're going to get a coat again because you're going to die in the favor of God. Let me say that again. Look, right now you may have been stripped of everything you had and you're wondering, will anything ever work out? And I just want you to hold on for a little bit because sooner or later you're going to get that favor back. You're going to get that coat back. Things are going to begin to work out. And I believe that when you die, God wants you to die in the favor of him. So I just want to ask this. I really felt like I was supposed to share this. I really felt like that there was people here that needed to hear this. And and I felt like I needed to close with John chapter 10, I believe, verse 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. What this scripture is saying is that there is nothing that can pull you out of the hand of God. 
Because we're talking about favor, I would like to say to you that there's nothing that can pull you out of the favor of God. The only thing that can get in the way of you and the favor of God is you. And I want us to all hear this because some of us have been very disappointed and let down in our lives and we are beginning to second guess and question and I just want to pray a second wind in you that you can get up and keep running the race even though you don't have a coat on. And trust that sooner or later by the grace of God, the favor of God and the goodness of God that's following you that he's going to give you the coat that you need again. We, we need the Lord to just meet us today. Do not weary. Do not be weary in well-doing. In due season, we shall reap if we faint not, if we don't give up. And some of us maybe have found ourselves kind of low. And we've considered throwing in the towel. We've considered calling it quits. And the Lord wants you to know today, don't get sick and tired of doing what's right. My favor is on you. I love you. I've got a plan for your life. Don't measure my favor by disappointments of men. People come and go, but my favor will be with you. We're going to sing a song together. Let's just stand up, guys. We're going to close in a song, and I just want to pray. Father, we honor you. And I pray in these closing moments that you will just meet us right here where we are, that you'll minister to us and fulfill and heal and meet us in this moment. God, we honor you. We honor you, Lord. Let's just sing this together, guys, as we close.